Section 35 of The Theory and Practice of Brewing. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Theory and Practice of Brewing by Michael Combrun. Section 35 of Precipitation and Other Remedies Applicable to the Diseases Incident to Beers. No accident can be so detrimental as leaky or stinky casks, whose loose or spoil the whole or part of the contained drink. The necessity of having on these occasions a remedy at hand was undoubtedly the reason why coopers were first introduced in store cellars. Constant practice might have qualified their palates so as to make them competent judges of the tastes of wines and beers, and to enable them to know which were the fittest for immediate use. The preparing or forcing them for this service was a matter which the profit gained and thereby made them ready enough to undertake. Chemists, whom they consulted on this occasion, gave them some informations, from whence the coopers became the possessors of a few nostrums, the effects of which they were supposed to have experienced. But, ignorant of the causes of most, if not all the defects they undertake to remedy, and unacquainted with the constituent parts of beers, it is not to be expected that their success should be constant and uniform. The brewer, earnest to his duty, and to excel, ought to keep a particular account of every brewing. By this means he best can tell how he formed the drink, and ought consequentially in any disorder, to be prepared to direct the properest remedy. The intent of this treatise has been to discover the means by which errors may be avoided. Chemical applications are intended to remedy those errors, which may be occasioned either by carelessness or accident. The wholesomeness or propriety of those applications, which will be indicated, must be left to the judgment of my readers. It is most likely that there is sufficient room for improvement, and we might expect it from those whose profession it is to study everything that may be conducive to the safety of mankind. Whatever vegetable wines are produced from, whenever they deviate from their respective perfection, a well-conducted fermentation might have made them arrive at, they may be said, to be distempered foulness or want of transparency is not the least evil but according to its degree it obtains various appellations and requires different helps from what has been said nothing can be more plain than that is always in our power to form beers and ales which will be bright yet porter or brown beer is constantly so brewed as to need precipitation the reasons for this management have before been offered were we to wait till the liquor became transparent by age a more real disorder would ensue that of acidity precipitation is then serviceable especially when beers are to be removed from one cellar to another a short space of time before they are to be used by being shook and the lees mixed with the liquor a strong acid taste is conveyed therein 
and the power of subsiding, which is wanted, renders the forcing them, in that case, of absolute necessity. And beers brewed with liquors sufficiently heated, no flatness is occasioned thereby. As in the case, under like circumstances, with liquors produced by low extracts, from grain not sufficiently dried. The degree of foulness in porter should, however, be limited. Its bounds ought not to exceed the power of one gallon of dissolved isinglass to a butt. Isinglass is dissolved in stale beer and strained through a sieve, so as to be the constance of a jelly. The beer is set in motion with a stick, which reaches one-third part down the cask before and after this jelly is put in, and a few hours should be sufficient to obtain the desired effect. We have observed that this quantity of jelly of isinglass is equal to a medium of 10 degrees dryness in the malt and heat of the extracts. When the opacity exceeds this, the liquor is termed stubborn. The same quantity of dissolved isinglass repeated is often sufficient. If not, six ounces of the oil of vitriol are mixed in. An effervescence is, by this addition, produced. The oils of the drink become more attenuated and the weight added to the precipitating matter is a means to render it more efficacious. Instead of the oil of vitriol, six or eight ounces of the concrete of vitriol, pounded and mixed with the insiglass, are sometimes used with success. A foulness in beer beyond that which is called stubborn gives to the drink the denomination of gray beer, this arises from the oils which float upon the surface, and which the liquor has not been able to absorb. In this case, the same methods as before mentioned are repeated. The quantity of dissolved insiglass is often increased to three gallons, that of vitriol to more than twelve ounces, and sometimes a small quantity of aquafortis is added to these ingredients. The next stage of opacity is cloudiness, when the cooper confesses that the distemper exceeds the power of his menstruums, and that his attempts extend no farther than to hide the evil turnsoil and cockneal. Were they not so expensive, might in this case be used with success. But what is less known, and would greatly answer the intent of hiding the dusky color of the drink, is matter. About three or four ounces of this is the proper quantity for a butt of beer. Calcined treacle, by the Coopers called blacking, from its acidity is of some small service, for, by coloring the drink, it somewhat lessens the gray hue thereon. A quart is generally used in a butt, and to prevent the defect in the beer being noticed by the consumer, the practice is to put thereon what is called a good cauliflowered head. This might be done by using as much pounded salt of steel as will lay upon a shilling. But the difference in price between this salt and copperas makes the last generally to be preferred. The strong froth on the top of the pot 
which that foams about it, together with somewhat of a yellow cast, are often mistaken for the signs of a superior merit and strength, though, in fact, they are those of deceit. A little reflection that the natural froth of beer cannot be yellow, nor continue a long time, especially if the liquor has some age, would soon cure mankind of this prejudice. Cloudy beers, under these circumstances, though not cured, are generally consumed. Beers become sick from their having so large a portion of oils as to prevent the free admission of the external air into them. The want of this enlivening element makes them appear flat, though not vapid. Such beer should not, if possible, be brought immediately into use, as age alone would affect their cure. But when this cannot be complied with, every means that will put the beer upon the fret, or under a new fermentation, must be of service. By pitching a butt head over head, the lease of the beer, which contains a large proportion of air, being mixed again with the drink, help to bring on this action and to remove the sickness. Burnt hash thorn shavings, to the quantity of two pennyworth, put into a butt are often of use. Balls made with eight ounces of the finest flour and kneaded with treacle convey likewise air to the drink and promote its briskness. Beers, by long standing, often acquire so powerful an acid as to become disagreeable. The means of correcting this defect is by alkaline or testaceous substances and in general by all those which have the property of absorbing acids. To a butt of beer in this condition, from four to eight ounces of calcoline powder of oyster shells may be put or from six to eight ounces of salt of wormwood. Sometimes a pennyworth or two of witting is used, and often twenty or thirty stones of unslacked lime. These are better put in separately than mixed with the glass. From two to six pounds of treacle used to one butt of beer has a very powerful effect, not only to give a sweet fullness in the mouth, but to remove the acidity of the drink. Treacle is the refuse sweet of the sugar baker, part of the large quantities of lime used in refining sugars, undoubtedly entered in its composition, and is the occasion of its softening beers. In proportion as beers are more or less forward, from two to four ounces of salt of wormwood and salt of tartar, together with one ounce of pounded ginger, are successfully employed. All these substances absorb acids, but they leave a flatness in the liquor, which in some measure is removed by the use of ginger. Sometimes in summer, when beer is wanted for use, we find it on the fret, as it is then in repelling a state, it does not give way to the finings so as to precipitate. For this, about two ounces of cream of tartar mixed with the isinglass, and if not sufficient, four ounces of oil of vitriol are added to the finings next used in order to quiet the drink. Some coopers attempt to extend their art so far as to add strength to malt liquors, but let it be remembered that the principal constituent parts of beer should be malt and hops. 
When strength is given to the liquor by any other means, its nature is altered, and then it is not beer we drink. Treacle in large quantities, the berries of the Cocosus indicus, the grains of paradise, or the Indian ginger pounded fine, and mixed with a precipitating substance, are said to produce this extraordinary strength. It would be well if the attempts made to render beer strong by other means than by hops and malt were to be imputed to none but coopers. Coculus indicus, and such like ingredients, have been known to be boiled in warts by brewers who are more ambitious to excel the rest of the trade than to do justice to the consumers. Were not that pointing out a vice is often the means to forward the practice of it. I could add to this infamous catalog more ingredients. It were to be wished, practitioners never knew either the name or nature of for fining, softening, and strengthening. Formerly brown beers were required to be of a very dark brown, inclinable to black. As this color could not be procured by malt properly dried, the juice of the elderberries was frequently mixed with the isinglass. This juice afterwards gave way to calcinine sugar. Both are needless, as time and knowledge remove our prejudices, when the malt and hops have been properly chosen and applied to their intended purpose. Such are the remedies cheaply made use of for brown beers. Drinks formed from pale malt are always supposed to become spontaneously fine, and when they are so, by being bottled, they are safe from any farther hazard. It is impossible for any fermented liquor to be absolutely at rest. The reason of beers being preserved by this method is, thereby, they are depraved of a communication with the air and, without risk, gain all the advantages which age, by slow degrees, procures, and which art can never imitate. Were we as curious in our ales and beers as we are in the liquors we import, did we give to the produce of our own country the same care and attendance which we bestow on foreign wines, we might enjoy them in a perfection at present scarcely known and perhaps cause foreigners to give to our beers a preference to their own growth. End of section 35. Recorded by Matthew Newell.